This morning, I just want us to consider one verse. That's in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I think this is not uh, a strange verse for all of us. I think we have heard this so many times. And I think you and I have our own way of looking at it. And I decided we'll do us and spend time together on this verse alone and find out its implication in your life and my life and in our relationship with the Lord. Now let me just read this verse and perhaps you can quote it uh, by heart, but it says, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I know that few of us are claiming this verse as our life verse. And I know that many of us have come to think and meditate and this reverse and look at ourselves and look at the way we should live as this verse talks about. But I have uh, just to spend time uh, this morning with you and hopefully that I'll be able to help out and hopefully the Word of God will continue to sink in and deepen into our own lives and at the same time that when we come and remember this verse again, and we can look at this verse with full conviction, knowing that if this is Paul's description of his life, I hope that this can be also true in your life and my life. But let me just spend time first on the first part of the verse. I have been crucified with Christ. Why did Paul say that? What was the implication why he said it? If Paul says that he was crucified with Christ, what did it do to him? For one thing, looking at that very words, when Christ died, Paul said, I was crucified with him. What was in Paul, or perhaps in your life and my life, that was crucified with Christ when he died on the cross? Now Isaiah 53, 3 and, uh, 4 and 5 says, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. One thing I found this out is that Jesus Christ died in my place.
place. I'm supposed to die because of my sins. But in God's plan, in His grace, He sent His only Son to die for you and me. Jesus Christ died in our place. At the same time, Jesus Christ also died that the law, which Paul mentioned in the verses before verse 20, has no more hold on me. And we know that the law cannot save us. The law just helps us find out how sinful we are. And there are times we think that by following the Ten Commandments, it will be good enough to bring us back to God. But we know it cannot, we cannot fulfill the Ten Commandments. The word of God is that if you fail one, you have failed all. When he died, Jesus Christ ended the law. He fulfilled the requirements of the law that you and I cannot fully fulfill. That's why in Galatians 2, 19, Paul said, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. Romans 7, 4 says, Likewise, my brother, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. And the next verse says, For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But he said in the next verse, Now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we may serve in the new way, of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. Christ came to fulfill the law. And now you and I are living under grace, not according to the law. Jesus Christ died for you and me. That sin that controlled the old self, that enslaved you and me, has no more dominion over us. He freed us from the clutches of sin. He has forgiven us of our sin and presented us righteous in the sight of the Father. And it was only through his blood that you and I are being cleansed. Not by your own good works, not by following the law, but it's only through his death. Only through the shedding of blood. Because according to the word of God, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. As we were read a while ago in Romans 6, verse 6, we knew that the old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. And verse 7, for the one who has died has been set free from sin. 
and will go jump at perversion evidence is that you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Yes, Christ, through his death, has freed us from the slavery of sin, and you and I become slave unto righteousness. We don't do what the sin dictates us, but we do what Christ has commanded us. In 6.23 it says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Sin brings death, but righteousness brings sanctification and glorification. Then he said, It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. One thing that I have learned is that the death of Christ on the cross for you and me afforded us a union with Christ. You and I were baptized into his death. We were buried with him by baptism into death so that you and I might walk the newness of life. There was the old self was buried. Our sin were buried. And you and I came out as new men and women. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So through the death of Christ, you and I are freed from the law, from sin, from our flesh, and even from the world. And you and I are now living for Christ. The question is, are you living for yourself now that you have been new, or are you really living for Christ? What is it to live for Christ? In 2 Corinthians 5, 15, it says, And he died for all that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who for the sake died and was raised again. Now it was you and I with his death, we're being bought with a price. And that price is his death. You and I become a slave to righteousness, and you and I become his children. And you and I become heirs, heirs with Christ, because of what he did on the cross. Because he wants us not to live by ourselves but to live in Him. We must consider also our desires. And I do pray that our desires will be to live for Him. We cannot live for Him unless we come to know Him. 
in our study of the book of First John. One thing I've learned is that if you come to know him, you love him, and because you love him, you begin to obey his word. Now, this doing Christ is doing what is right. Knowing Christ is doing what he wants us to do. That's why I like what Paul has said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And let me just read this from the uh, Amplified Version. It says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, that I may share his suffering as to be continually transformed in the spirit into his likeness, even to his death. Yeah, Paul wants us to know him. Christ wants us to know him. In fact, in John 17, 3, it says that eternal life is what? Eternal life is to know him. Deeply, intimately, and fully recognizing and understanding the wonders of who he is. To live in Christ is also to abide in him. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He abides in me and I in him. He is, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The source of life, the source of our power, the Holy Spirit is Christ. Ephesians says that when you and I become the child of God, the Spirit of God rests in us. At the same time, He has given us the power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Then I ask myself, you know, why can't I harness the power? I begin to ask myself, how am I living? If I live according to what I have, yeah, I cannot fulfill that very promise that the power of Christ will rest upon me. I have to give myself totally and surrender myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is, we, I have to allow my Christ my Lord Jesus Christ, to live in me and control me. The Lordship of Christ is very important. When you and I accepted him, we not only accepted him as our Lord, we not only accept him what he did to you and me, but we also accept and acknowledge him who he 
is. And he is the very Lord, not only of all creation, but he is the Lord of your life and my life. And the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. With his death, you and I are given a new life. At the same time, with his death, you and I have to learn how to live by faith. We should live our lives constantly trusting in Jesus Christ in everything. According to Colossians chapter 3, we should seek the things that are above where Christ is. And one verse that reminds me of that particular topic is Matthew 6.33, which is also very familiar for all of us. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be yours as well. So one thing that I've learned, that when Christ is living in us, and we live by faith, is that our priorities are changed. Our priorities are turned upside down. It used to be that you put yourself as number one. But this time, if you live by faith, you put Jesus Christ as number one in your life. You seek him. You seek his own righteousness. You seek his kingdom. And be a good citizen of his kingdom. Not only that we have to seek things that are above, but we have also to set our minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Now you and I have our jobs, our businesses, and I know that our jobs at least needed eight hours every day, or sometimes within eight hours. There are times that you may work 12 hours a day, or more than 60 hours a week. How can we set our minds on things that are above? How can we make our professions, our jobs, to be a part of seeking things, or seeking things that are above? There are times that we try to separate what is secular and what is religious. I think it's a mistake. Because when Christ died for you and me, he died for everything that you and I have. And he wants us to live for him. Whether you are working outside of the church or in the church or 
you are doing something different that is not always religious. Paul was a tent maker, but he used his being a tent maker a way of reaching other people. You and I can do the same thing. We can use our job as a stepping stone for you and me to share the gospel of Christ. That's why I posted in 2 Corinthians 4.18, he said, as we look, not on things that are seen, but on the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. In simple word, no, that's lived by faith. What is faith? Hebrews 11, 1, what does it say? Substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Looking, you and I are here in this world, but we are not of this world. In the prayer of Christ, in John 17, he said that the disciples will be here in this world. And he said, Father, I want you to protect them from the evil one. And he said, that I want them to be one as we are one. Why? Because it is his purpose that you and I will do the same thing that he's been doing. He prays the world. A prison word. But again, most that really impressed me in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, he spent time with the individuals. He spent time with a group, a small group of people. If you look at the scriptures, if you look at the gospel, who were the people that were really significantly involved in the ministry after he left? They were the people that Jesus Christ spent time with. The crowds, yeah, the crowds were there. There were some people who followed him because of what he did, because they're filled with the stomach. Then Jesus Christ told them that following me is more than that. And they left. But Jesus Christ wants us to save men and women in every race. But looking at the scriptures, Jesus Christ is not happy with just people who are converted. No. He said, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. The disciples are the people who 
followed him for the rest of their lives. The disciples were the people who abided in him. But the disciples are the ones who loved him. The disciples who, the people who, are, who abided in his word. Yes, you and I are crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, in this body, I don't live for myself, but I live by faith in Christ. Why? Because He loved me. And the ultimate work of love is to give yourself. That he loved me and he gave himself for me. It's my prayer that you and I will always be reminded of this verse that whatever you and I will do, we always think that we are not our own anymore. In fact, Paul called himself as a bond slave. Remember, uh, Onesimus, the slave of Philemon? Yeah, he was a bond slave. Philemon bought him. And you and I are the same thing. We are bought by Christ through his blood. We are a bond slave. He owns us. The same way that Philemon owned Onesiphorus or Onesimus. So again, you and I are not our own anymore. We are here to live for Christ and to live for Him alone. Let's pray. Our Father, we know intellectually the meaning of Galatians 2.20, but there are times, Lord, we're struggling. to live the way you have described it to us. Lord, I to pray that even as your word will continue to work in your life, in, in our lives, that we may understand to the fullest. And not only understand to the fullest, but we may be able to apply your word in our lives. That it will not be us that will be seen by the world, but it will be you. Lord, I pray that you help us to continue to grow in our relationship with you. Help us, the power of your Spirit, 
to be like you. Lord, thank you that we have you as our example. We see your life through your word. Lord, I pray also that even as we grow, in order to speak with you that people can look to us and they see Christ through us. That through us we can bring them for your presence and grow. Lord, thank you for this word that we have spent time this morning and studied together. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.